This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know, you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Verse 6. Seek the, Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth, goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So here we see God Almighty is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the children of Israel, the kind of people that God want them to be. So if you want me to give a quick outline of chapter 55, Isaiah, verses 1 to 4, we see God Almighty is giving an invitation to seek spiritual blessings. And verses 6 to 7, God is telling us to seek him for repentance. Verses 9, 8 and 9, here we see the infinite grace of God. God is saying that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And we see the grace of God abounding infinitely. In verses 10 and 11, we see how powerful the word of God is. 
and verses 12 and 13, the joy and the blessings that God Almighty is giving to his people. We're not going to cover everything today. We are going to try to do verses 1 to 4 this morning. So verses 1 to 4, word of God says, God Almighty is extending his invitation to seek spiritual blessings. And the kind of call that God is making, ho, ho is a call for an earnest attention. God is expecting us to pay attention to him. It's simply God is telling us to hold on. It's an expression of calling us. And this kind of expression is used only three times in the scripture, in the entire Bible. The expression ho is used only three times. So by using this expression as God is calling us for an earnest attention, for a very careful attention. You know, when we start talking about the spiritual things, the spiritual blessings, the devil doesn't want us to listen. You know, many times when we t speak about the material blessings, you know, we all want to experience the material blessings and enjoy. But when we want to deal with the spiritual blessings, you know, the enemy doesn't allow us to listen to the spiritual blessings that God has in store for us. And that's the reason probably the prophet is saying, listen carefully, pay your attention. You know, God Almighty is calling us to something which is very, very important. And that's the reason he's saying we need his our full attention to it. And the invitation is to those who are thirst. That's what the word of God says. The invitation is for everyone who are thirsting. Who are thirsting. Their soul is thirsting. And also we see it is an open invitation. But it is an exclusive invitation. To only to those who thirst for God. And also it's not a natural invitation. Because the one who is giving the invitation is not a man. He is God. God himself is inviting us to come to him. And in this world, you know, in this world, we need money to live or money to do anything on this world. Even for simple things, you know, they cost so much for us. And no one wants to be a friend of someone who has no money. You know, if we have money, there are people, we see people around us. But the moment we don't have money, we don't have you know, material, materialism, blessings in our lives, we don't see many people around us. No one likes to invite somebody who has no money into their house. You know, on the other day, I was seeing in some of the boards, even to participate, take part in a community garage sale, you need 50 cents. You can't just do things free. You need money to do anything and everything on this earth. But this invitation is a peculiar invitation because God Almighty is inviting those who are thirsty. And also he says, but those, and also those who are not having money to drink and to eat. Let's read scripture, verse 1. He says, everyone who thirsts come to the waters. And you, have no, you who have no money, come buy and eat. God is calling us to come to him. To drink and to eat. Now God is saying that we are in real spiritual bankruptcy. God is saying that we are in real spiritual bankruptcy. We don't have anything to give. We don't have anything to pay. 
But you know what? God Almighty is inviting us. He is calling us so that we will be nourished. Our souls will be nourished. God is telling us, you have the thirst, but you really don't have money. You don't have required resources in order to quench your thirst. In order to satisfy your desire. You know, thirst is something which really kills us. It's very, very difficult. You know, some of us who are moved from a very, you know, tropical countries, we know what heat means to us. At times, you know, during the day when the temperature is very high and the humidity is very high, we sweat and we feel like drinking, taking more and more water in order to satisfy our thirst. You know, in the year 1932, history records an extreme heat waves killing thousands and thousands of birds in the southern Australia. Birds fell exhausted on the railway line. So the train just, you know, goes over them. A large number of birds, they flew into the fans of the big wagons and they died because they couldn't find water anywhere. Thousands of birds fell exhausted in water pools and they died. In a place called Tarkula, in southern Australia, the temperature was, record, was recorded as 125 degree in the shade. It's more than 50 degrees Celsius. So it's such a heat wave was going on in that place. And the story goes, one woman at Tarkula, she filled a 40-gallon drum with dead birds. 40-gallon drum was filled with dead parrots. In one afternoon. So more than 60,000 parrots died during that heat wave. Heat wave. You know, dams and wells are filled with hundreds and hundreds of birds, dead birds. Dead birds everywhere. They just piled up and so that, you know, they raised up to, up to one, foot, one foot high. Thirsty. When we are thirsty, we really long to have water. And here God Almighty is telling us, those who are thirst. You come to me in order to drink. In this world today, you know, thousands and thousands of souls are dying because they are thirst for God. They don't really know where they can be fed, how they can find the spiritual blessings that only God can give to them. And today, the one who is inviting us to come to him in order to draw from him, is God Almighty. And he is telling us, you can come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What does it mean? We need to go to God to buy milk and honey without price and without any money. What is it God is talking about? How is it possible that to buy milk and wine without money? In verse 1, as we read, God is talking to those who have no money, but they have thirst. They want the spiritual blessings in their life. They want to grow in the Lord. They want to do good things for God, but they don't, they don't have sufficient resource to do it. But God Almighty is telling us this morning that you need to come to me and you don't need to pay me anything. You don't need to give anything to me. You can come and drink milk and wine. Wine is known for its maturity and its antiquity. It has been preserved over a long time. And wine also revives us and refreshes us. And milk, it's known for its purity and its sweetness. And it has a cooling and nourishing nature to our body. And God Almighty is calling us and He's calling us to have wine and milk 
from his presence. Wine and milk are symbols of satisfaction in our lives. You know, at times when we are not satisfied, when our soul is not satisfied, we see the symptoms of that in our body. Physically, we see that we feel so discouraged. It's not that our body is weak, but our inner man is so weak. You know, at times we go through that kind of difficulties in our lives. You know, at times when we are so discouraged, so dull, we feel like not doing anything. You know what, our physically we are good, but our souls need that strength, that courage, that nourishment. How do we get that nourishment that we are in need of today? What of God is saying, God is calling us to come to him so that he can give us milk and wine. You know, obviously God is not talking about the flesh here, but God is talking about the spiritual thirst and satisfaction each one of us carry in our hearts. You know, today, by nature, we are spiritually, you know, the people who are thirsty for God. That's the reason people out there, they are seeking God in different ways and different means so that they feel they can quench their thirst by doing so. God, knowing this, he is calling us to take wine and milk from his presence. And he says it's for no money because the price is already paid at the cross. Wine also symbolizes love, the godly love. You know, as we are taking part in the Holy Communion, wine also symbolizes the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And God is calling us to take wine. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 13, the word of God talks about a new wine. As the people of God, they were gathered in the upper room, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. People outside, they thought they are drunk with the new wine. Acts chapter 2, verse 13. The new wine is basically translated from its Greek word, indicating the sweetness and the freshness of the wine. The sweetness and the freshness of the wine. Here it refers to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. At times when we are so discouraged, when we are so weak, it is the Spirit of God who strengthens us. It is the Spirit of God who strengthens and gives us that wine and milk in order to encourage us, in order to nourish us. Wine also refers to the blood of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Milk symbolizes the pure word of God in 1 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's read that scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses 1 and 2. Here, word of God says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Word of God is telling us about the pure milk. That's the word of God. So wine represents the spirit of God, the love of God, and the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And the milk refers to the pure word of God. And here in chapter 55, Isaiah verse 1, he says, Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Here the word of God is asking us to come into his presence so that we will be loved by God. You know, today in this world, many times we are loved by people around us. But at times, you know, when we are loved by God, 
know that becomes a nourishment for our souls how do we how can we be loved by god when we come and sit at the presence of god we feel the love of god flowing through us we feel the anointing of the holy spirit touching our lives we feel the word of god coming so fresh in our minds and dealing with us and speaking to us so god almighty is inviting us to come and drink from him we need to be fed by god's love this morning god is not expecting us to give anything to him because the price has been already paid all that he is asking is to come to him let's move on to verse 2 verse 2 says why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance first of all god said if you don't have money you can come to me and you can buy wine and milk now secondly what of god is telling us even if you have little money why do you go and buy bread which is not a bread and why do you waste your wages for things which don't satisfy you now god is asking us to listen to him and eat from him we are not talking about the physical eating but we are talking about the spiritual nourishment that we can get from god today we see people are throwing millions of dollars as sacrifices and offerings to those places where their thing they think their soul can be nourished people are sending money to different places thinking that you know they can get some blessing in our lives but god is telling us very clearly here you don't spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy but you need to do instead one thing listen carefully to me and eat what is good listen carefully to me and eat what is good he's he's asking us to listen to god and to get that nourishment to our soul from god you know today you and i need to listen to god otherwise you know we will not be able to continue in our spiritual life we need to listen from god otherwise we will be get we'll get carried away by the winds of this world word of god is referring as the wind of this world is referred to the wrong doctrines and teachings we hear in this world you know always the authority is the word of god and word of god at times we don't understand but when we allow the spirit of god to interpret the word of god that's the time the word of god speaks to us and god is asking that you we need to go to him and we need to listen to him carefully and eat what is good you know today people see god in places where he is not they spend money that's what word of god says they spend money for what is not bread so that means people are, people are seeking for god in places where he is not I want to read a prophetical scripture from the book of hosea chapter 5 verse 6 Hosea chapter 5 verse 6 I can re- read it for you if you not able to get there Hosea chapter 5 verse 6 Word of God says with their flocks and herds 
they shall go to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. With their flocks and herds, they shall go to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. What does it mean? The word of God means here in this prophetical scripture that there are people who are trying to seek God in different places, but God's word is telling very clearly, God is no more there. God has already withdrawn from from those places. God is no more there. He has already withdrawn himself from those places. And today God is telling us that we need to come to God in order to be fed. Word of God is telling us there are many breads sold outside. You know, even today people make bread with anything and everything. Right? We see all kinds of bread today outside. Word of God is talking about that there are many things which are considered as bread But then God is telling us, why do you spend money for those which are not bread? We need to listen to the word of God because that is the only bread. John 6, 48, word of God says in John chapter 6, verse 48, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. John 6, verse 51, word of God says, John chapter 6, verse 51, I am the living bread which came from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will have life in him. He is the only bread. He is the only bread. Word of God also refers to the word that is spoken by God Almighty as the bread. In Luke chapter 4 verse 4 says, But Jesus answered to him saying, Luke chapter 4 verse 4, Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And this morning, God is talking to us. He's asking us to come to him in order to quench our thirst. He's also asking us to come to him in order to be fed by the real bread. Let's move a little further. Verse 3. And he says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. What God is trying to tell us here? God is asking us to come to him in order to drink and to be satisfied. And God is asking us to come to him to read the word of God and to allow our lives in surrender to Jesus Christ because he is the real bread. And once he says that, God is telling us that we need to incline our ears and come to him. In verse 3, Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. What that God is trying to tell us this morning. You know, in this world, there are many covenants made between different people. People get into different covenant relationships, you know, in terms of marriage, business, property, you know, in terms of uh, support, you know, various other agreements they come in contact with different people but in the bible also there are different covenants word of god talks about even if you you know read from the book of genesis to the book of revelation we come across quite a few covenants the edenic covenant the adamic covenant the noah covenant abrahamic covenant the mosaic covenant and the new covenant before that the davidic covenant the new covenant 
There are so many covenants the word of God is talking about. And today, God is telling us the sure mercies of David. So we are going to see that in a moment, what God exactly is trying to tell us. In the new covenant, God has promised us freedom from sin because of his atonement at the cross. Word of God says we are no more living under bondage of sin because we are children of the new covenant. The people of the old covenant, they were living under law because the law puts such a heavy load upon us. And the law always condemns us. It tells us that you are a sinner if you don't obey. But then when we came into the new covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we have the freedom in Christ. We are no more under slavery of sin. We are the free citizens of the kingdom of God. God is telling us, calling us to make an everlasting covenant with him. That's what the word of God says in verse 3. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. God is asking, inviting us to make that everlasting covenant with him. What is that everlasting covenant? He says, the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of David. What are those sure mercies of David? If you remember, King David, at his lifetime, God promised him a permanent throne for him. God promised him a permanent throne and a lasting dynasty in his, you know, in his life. And he promised that from his house, rulers will come and they will rule the nations. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. Let, let's read those scriptures. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. It's a familiar scripture for us. Word of God says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. You know, God has promised David and his throne will be established forever and ever. And God is also saying, my servant David will rule with me even at the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. We can read that later in Ezekiel chapter 34. It talks about David ruling with God Almighty on this earth during the millennial reign of Lord Jesus Christ. And God is going to make David as a shepherd. Even in the eternity, as the days goes by, God is going to bring David back and he is going to rule as a shepherd. And the word of God also talk about the David being uh, David being, you know, as a prince in the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God. God has promised, and here in Isaiah chapter 55 we read, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. To find out the sure mercies of David, let's read one scripture from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 
verse 8. To give a little background, King David called the prophet Nathan and told prophet Nathan that I have a desire to build a temple for God because I am living in a house of cedar but the ark of the covenant is dwelling inside the tent curtains. Let me build a temple of God. And Nathan the prophet told David, go and do it as your heart desires. And the moment Nathan turned back and went to his home, God spoke to Nathan and he told, go back to David and tell him that you are not going to build my temple. Your children, your descendants will build the temple because your hand is a hand which shed blood. So I'm not going to build a temple with you. Your descendants are going to build that temple. But you know what? God didn't leave David there. God continued to spoke to David, continued to speak to David through the prophet Nathan. And he said, Then the word of Lord, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, and he went and told David. And we read one such verse in verse 8. And Nathan went and spoke to David and he says, Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And here in Isaiah 55, word of God says, God is willing to make a covenant, everlasting covenant with us. What is that covenant? Sure mercies of David. What is the sure mercies of David? That's what we read in this verse. I took you from the sheepfold, from following sheep, to be the ruler over my people. To be the ruler over my people. That's the mercy of God. That's the covenant that God is willing to make with you and with our family today. In Psalm 113, verse 7. Psalm 113. Verse 7, the scripture says, God raises the poor out of the dust. And he lifts up the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. You know, the sure mercies of David Word of God tells us God is able to lift us up and our generation into such a position like David. There God will do wonderful things through our generation. That's the sure mercies of David. And here in Isaiah, verse 3, God is telling us that make a covenant with our God. God is calling us to make an eternal covenant with him. The sure mercies of David. You know, as we close, God wants us to think about the way that we have gone through in our lives. God wants us to think about the days when we felt that we lost hope on this earth. God wants us to think about the time when we, you know, began our life on this earth. God wants us to think about the times when we cried out for help. And at times, Lord, we were sitting at the feet of God and crying to him for help, for someone to help us. God wants us to remember, God is sending prophet Nathan to David and telling him, you are walking behind the sheep. I am the one who called you out of that situation and today I have lifted you up and your name will remain even generation after generation, even into the eternity. And that was the covenant that God made with his people, with his children. 
And today God is calling us that so that our thirst may be quenched when we come to the presence of God. God is calling us to eat from him so that we, the word of God may become so real to our lives and we will be governed and led by God's word in our lives. And God is calling us to make a covenant relationship with him so that we will be blessed and our generation, our descendants will be blessed. As Paul says, at most of the time in this world, Paul experienced that. He says, he wants once upon a time, I don't have the reference right now. So he says, yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash right up to the present moment. You know, when people are treated in different ways on this earth, different, you know, different levels on this earth, people go through terrible times. And, you know, we are not the exception. At times, you know, we are treated like, as Paul says, we are treated like world's garbage. We are treated like everybody's trash at, at times. David experienced that in his life. He went through that terrible time in his life, but God was so faithful because he made a covenant relationship with God Almighty and he lifted him up. And today, God is inviting us. And that's the reason David is able to say in Psalm 37, 25, in Psalm 37, 25, he says, I have been young and now I have become old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. David, he has experienced that in his lifetime because of the covenant relationship he had with the Lord. And he says, I have never seen, even in my young, young, when I was young, even now I have become old, I have never seen the righteous begging for bread. You know, our God is such a God who keeps the covenant once we make the covenant with him. And what of God says in Psalm 48, 8, 14, Psalm 48, 14, for this is our God. For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will guide us even to death. You know, we have such a God who wants us to come closer to him, who wants us to be drawn closer to him so that we will be, our thirst will be quenched when we come to the presence of God. We, our God expects us to come and to read the word of God and to nurture, to be nurtured in the word of God. Our God expects us to have a, make a covenant relationship with him. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.